The other day I was uh, in a car park when someone I knew realized that they had a flat tire. Now, of course, pneumatic tires, as the name suggests, need air within them. But unfortunately, this one had driven over a nail and it was firmly embedded. And uh, over the time that the car had been parked, the air had gone. There was no air there anymore. So they opened the boot and they emptied out the bags and took out the dog guard, which was screwed to the ceiling and the floor and either side. And they lifted up the tray that was underneath and then realized that they didn't have a spare wheel. And I said, don't worry, you might not have a spare wheel, but there is a tiny little packet that you can use to reinflate that tire. It pumps a bottle of gunk into the wheel, and that's enough to get them maybe home or to a garage or to complete their journey. And in just a few minutes, they were able to head off. They were able. They, that machine had given them hope for the next few miles to be able to carry on. What gives you hope for journeying ahead, I wonder? Ezekiel is led to a, a vision of bones. He, he goes to, to and fro among them, and that would not have been a, an easy sight to bear. And it could have given him a, a sense of uncleanness, of, of not being um, right in some way. But God is with him, and God is speaking to him. and says to him, son of man, which means human, basically, can these live? Now, the bones are not living. The bones are dry. They are old. The, the, there's no flesh left on them at all. But with God, anything is possible. With God, anything can happen. And the skeleton can have tendons, and they can be covered in skin. But life is more than flesh and blood. And the Lord breathed and brings life. We are reminded here perhaps of that poetry of Genesis 2. As Adam was molded, brought together from the dust of the earth, and the Lord breathed into the man's nostrils. But we're talking here in Ezekiel far more than one person. 
It is a nation that is before the prophet. The nation that were called to be God's people. But they had become lost on their journey. Lost unseemingly without hope. But they are not abandoned. The Lord calls out to them. The Lord calls out by his word and by his prophet. And the vision of bones will not spring to life by themselves, for they need God's Spirit inside them. And as God reclothes the skeletons with muscle and sinew, that prophesy comes from Ezekiel. When God is ready to do something, when God is ready to do something in his power, he expects us to play a part. When he considered wiping out humanity, he called Noah to build an ark. He chose that human family to preserve life, but Noah had to work at it. He had to construct the ark. He had to tend the animals. He had to know when to get back on terra firma. He had to do those human actions. As the people were led out on the, on the exodus, he gave instructions to Moses to hold high his staff and to reach out with his hand for the sea to part. It wasn't Moses that was parting the sea. It was God's power that was parting the sea, but yet it required Moses to act. God wanted Moses to do things. The Philistines were invading. They were taking over, and they had a mighty warrior, Goliath. God could have slain down. He could have made Goliath drop in an instant. But it needed David to step forward with a pebble and for that stone to be slung. And then on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to the number because when the Spirit came upon Peter, and the other disciples, they responded. When the Spirit comes, when it's God's timing, people also have to act. Throughout history, God brings forth the moment, but he uses people to bring his kingdom. Ezekiel sees a vast army in the valley, an army that, had it been in place years earlier, could have resisted Babylon and seen the temple stand rather than fall. The destruction of Jerusalem came at the hand of invaders, but it had not been inevitable. But the people had not been true to God, and exile was the result. 
the people had been a skeleton, lacking the spirit that gives life. But life is always on offer. They in exile realize hope is missing from their heart. They cry out, saying that they are dry. But God is eternal, all-powerful, and always present. He is full of mercy and grace. With God, hope is never gone, and he will bring his people home. They will settle in their land, the land he promised, the land that he gave. He will bring them back. Now, some of us may feel that we have been in exile for more than a year. The life we have experienced has not been known before. It has been as if we were in a foreign land at the same time as we have been in our homes. It has made us do things differently and perhaps changed our mindset and our behavior patterns. Earlier this week, uh, my family were, were visiting Emmeline's parents um, for lunch. Uh, and as we arrived, my father-in-law shook my hand because we're allowed to touch sometimes again now. And this is the first time in 14 months and 17 days that I'd done that simple thing of shaking somebody's hand, something that I would have done every week here. There have been restrictions to help keep each other safe, even on how we gather and give glory to God and grow in His Word. It has been a time of challenge and a time of exile. Yet in the times of challenge, it is important, maybe more important than ever, that we discern His call upon each one of us and live as He may choose, remembering that the church is Christ's living body, the living body in the world. We are gathered together we have life breathed into us. And we are not, therefore, called to be a passive character. As church or as individuals, we are to actively engage in the coming of the kingdom. We are to actively engage in being God's people. God's mission calls us, and as we seek to journey forwards, we put our hope in Him and share in His love and His life. Amen.